0: Are you a quiet leader? A quiet leader passive and aloof, or reflective and tuned in. Do you need to be loud to be successful? Find the answers to this and more in today's episode of the Unexpected World of Business.
1: You're listening to the Unexpected World of Business podcast, brought to you by Henley Business School.
0: I'm Mark Swain and I'm here to talk with uh, Dr. Claire Collins, Associate Professor of Leadership Development and Behaviour here at Henley Business School. Hello, Claire. Hello, Mark. Good to see you. How are
1: you? I'm absolutely fine, thank you. On a sunny day. On
0: a sunny day, yeah. Beautiful day in Henley. Um, So, here to talk about quiet leadership and its place in modern business. So, or banishing the myth that you have to be allowed to be successful. Hopefully so. So, I'm going to start with a definition. How do you define a quiet leader?
1: So, the point is, we haven't got to a definition yet. And that's the work that I've been doing with a couple of colleagues over the last couple of years or so. Um, You read all of these books about being an introvert, being a quiet this, a quiet that. And we haven't managed to pin it down. So over a number of um, exercises, I think you might call them, we've tried to deconstruct the whole idea of the quiet leader. And what we've found is uh, basically we've been doing a load of myth busting. So essentially what we did was to look at all the possible well, as many as we could, the possible definitions of the facets that might go into being a quiet leader, and none of them actually hit the nail on the head.
0: Interesting. So
1: that's why we carried on doing okay. some work.
0: So, what, what, um, so just what was the work? I mean, you've said you've got examples drawn together, lots of, lots of thinking. What, do you, what are you finding so far? What's it, what's it telling you?
1: So of the three of us, I'm the quiet one in the group, okay. if by our definition, and I'm also very much an introvert. Um, so I'm the I'm usually the guinea pig. Okay. Is this what it means to be quiet Claire? Yes. Um it's or How it no. feels
0: to be quiet. This is yeah. This, this is how it experience. feels. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's
1: right. And um so we started off that the idea came to me because I went to the Academy of Management conference. Now academics go to conferences all of the time. They are run for extroverts mm-hmm. and especially the academy which is usually it was all always in north america so it's a usa or canada okay and they have 11,000 delegates wow and that to an introvert or to a quiet person is mayhem it does your head in so when all the other gangs are saying you know let's go out for a nice supper i'm yeah. saying no thank you i just want to go and lie down in a quiet dark room and read a book and not talk to any of you even though i love you loads
0: so just think about the extrovert introvert for the people who are listening that um, I think most people understand broadly. Uh, well, what they think that means. But but in your sense, how would you kind of create a distinction between introvert, extrovert? What kind of characteristics would you see?
1: So I usually use the Myers-Briggs type definition. Yep. There are other definitions. But in Myers-Briggs, Briggs, introversion and extroversion is very much about the way you take in information. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Introverts will take in in, uh, information by using their inside voice, if you like. So they will study, they will research things, they will go quietly into a subject and find out all that they can for themselves way before they would go to the external world. Whereas extroverts are completely the opposite. An extrovert, yeah, an extrovert will go and seek information from the outside world. So if I wanted to know something about a key subject, and, and you wanted to know the same as an introvert I would go about this by getting onto the internet googling something go to the library looking up some papers as an extrovert I'm not saying that you are but as an extrovert you would go and ask somebody
0: yeah Myers-Briggs type definition yeah. the introversion of the, the way you process data internally versus yeah. externally kind yeah, of yeah. the way you okay the way you absorb what about the the whole area of um, the perhaps the conventional way people look at introversion extroversion as a where you get your energy from, kind of the... Yeah, so... Where, where does that feature?
1: You can have um, outgoing introverts and mm. shy extroverts. Interesting,
0: yeah. Saw that in your... In My husband audio, and I
1: it? are perfect examples. He's a shy extrovert and I'm an outgoing introvert. So I have no problem sitting here, talking to you, doing this, standing up in front of 100 students, doing whatever, you know, singing in a choir, acting on stage. Um, Mostly because I'm not being me at that time. Interesting.
0: So my shy extrovert would definitely come into the into the quiet yeah. piece. That will out. <laughs>
1: Indeed. So okay. um, so you and my husband are shy extroverts. In that, he I can't speak for you no. hates going into a public environment. So a party where you've got to make small talk or something like that. On the other hand, his information gathering and his um, energy gathering. ...are from his outside okay. world.
0: Outside world right so there, he
1: so. externalises. Uh, the middle ground is called ambivert. Yeah. And so an ambivert, which uh, Adam Grant feels is 80% of the population, right. actually.
0: Somewhere in the middle of extrovert and introvert.
1: Or can swap between the two. Yeah,
0: okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So there's a place where you're comfortable.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but most people, and I, and I would include myself in this to a certain extent, you've got learned behaviour... You know, as an associate professor, I have to stand up there and teach. I have to go into meetings with people who are, uh, I don't know, and you know, you've got to have that kind of, that level of communication. So, but for me, it's learned behavior because, you know, come the weekend, if I didn't have to speak to anybody, that wouldn't be a problem.
0: Interesting. So there's, yeah, okay. So light and shade with -hmm. all of these. So relating that to leadership, um, and again, back to what we said about quiet leadership, No definition necessarily, but what kind of characteristics would you see of of people who were, many would describe as a quiet leader, if you like?
1: There are pros and cons of being a quiet leader or a non-quiet leader, and we haven't decided what a non-quiet leader Mm -hmm. might be called. Loud leader, noisy leader, whatever. They don't seem quite right.
0: No, that does sound a bit clumsy, as you say. It does sound a bit clumsy,
1: but a quiet leader... Um, there are pros and cons. So quiet leaders can come across as being quite aloof. So you often find in a board meeting, for example, a quiet leader will sit back and listen and and take in a lot of information before they decide to say anything. And that can come across as being aloof and distant and cold. Um, Even in social situations, quiet people might sit back and uh, be listening to what's going on around them, and not necessarily joining in the conversation straight away.
0: And yet, some, in a social situation, the uh, people doing that, kind of being more, being more reflective, just listening, aren't necessarily joining in vocally. But that quite often can be having a good, just as good a time as anyone else. Just, a, frankly, just just there, but not necessarily. Perhaps act active and vocal. Is that the same in business where you've got people that aren't mm. that are engaged but mm. they're in the, say in the boardroom, but they're just not as perhaps as vocal as they might as others might be?
1: You so you have the person who stands back a little bit and listens. Yeah. But one of the really good parts of that is quite often, almost always, when they do speak, it has more impact. Because people have got used to the fact that this person is being quiet, they're kind of sitting back when people get to know you more, they realize, of course, that that is your behavior and that's what you will do. Yeah, okay. But when a quiet leader speaks, they often speak with a lot more authority and have more impact because they haven't been making trivial points all along. Not to say that everybody is making trivial points, but they they have um, the behavior of very much not doing that. They will sit back until they have something very important to say. And of course. They have been gathering data all mm. that time and assimilating that data in their heads so that when they make a point, it's an important one and it will be well thought out. So, for example, um, I remember an exercise that we were doing, an internal training session, um, and there were 10 of us, two of us were introverts, and we were put in a in a pair together together. Um, The others were split into pairs and we had 10 minutes to do an exercise and uh, the guy I was with called Peter, um, everybody else in their pairs plunged straight into the conversation about, well, what if we approach it this way? What if we approach it that way? And Peter and I worked quietly and independently and we jokingly said for nine minutes and then we put our thoughts together for a minute and came up with a great solution. Um, It wasn't quite nine minutes. But that's the way we would work. We would work quietly to formulate our own approach before we would share something, whereas the extrovert groups were sharing straight away. Now, the important thing about the conference that I was talking about was that those kinds of scenarios, for a quiet person and, and for an introvert specifically, will drain their energy down to nothing. So I said, what about if we ran a session as a quiet session. So we don't have group exercises, we don't have the chit chat, we don't have to introduce ourselves to everybody and be on show all the time. So we ran this two hour workshop as a quiet workshop. Mm -hmm. There was one corner of the room where people were, were allowed to whisper to each other if they wanted to. But all of the exercises were either captured on flip charts or they had specific sheets to fill in. Now, the important point of this was that when people came into the room, there was a big a great big diagram of a battery like a duracell battery, from zero to one hundred percent, and we asked them to mark on that battery where they were on the their energy levels. So whether they were at thirty percent, fifty percent, seventy percent, whatever it was. And then at the end of the workshop, which was run as a quiet workshop, we made lanyards for people that on one side said, happy to speak, and on the other side said, shh, I'm reflecting. And we invited them to wear them for the rest of the conference. Anyway, at the end of the workshop, we asked people to, on a different battery diagram, mark where their energy levels were. And what we recorded was a 10% rise in energy levels at the end of that workshop. Now, I absolutely guarantee, because we asked people to go away and do it for another workshop of the conference of their choice, that at the energy levels in a normally run workshop with all these group exercises etc the energy levels of the introverts went down
0: so it's kind of an energy a team energy in there you are actually plotting there's a Plot team a different energy increasing energy overall
1: but what you're do what you're also doing is not making those introverts unproductive for the next hour while they recharge They're their battery. The batteries okay because that's what you have to do and if you're going from meeting to meeting to meeting and that energy is being depleted and depleted and depleted, you've got a non-functioning leader at the end of the day. So a smart leader will schedule breaks in between meetings to allow themselves to maybe go away and do a bit of quiet work, which might be doing their emails, it might be...
0: If you're the boss of, a group of, smart, quiet leaders, if you like, quiet leaders puts quite an em- emphasis on some quite practical things like uh, not scheduling meetings back-to-back for the whole day. So how, how, does a, how does a boss of those kinds of individuals really support them to, I guess, recharge their batteries during the day?
1: So the first rule is to know your people, of course, and that's one yeah, of the top agreed. rules of leadership, full stop. You need to know your team, you need to know what makes them tick, and therefore you need to know, through your own observations or through conversation, um where they do get their energy from and where they do get their information from. And you will undoubtedly have a mix of extroverts, introverts, ambiverts, quiet leaders, non-quiet leaders, whatever they might be, and you need to work with that team accordingly. So there will be some people who are extroverts who want to bounce off and do something else immediately, Um, but there will be people who want to go away and quietly reflect on something or do a quieter activity and as a boss, you need to be mindful of those things and allow that to happen. What, is, what
0: else does quiet leadership do to, in the positive side, to, to help to support businesses? I, I wrote some things earlier on about. Does it help to fix problems better? Does it help to deal with some of the bigger trends we've got in the in the uh, the world today? What how do you see quiet leadership kind of at a, at a headline level being being positive, being a useful skill, being a kind of an attribute rather than a drawback?
1: Quiet leaders will. Make a decision or make a judgment when it needs to be made. They don't tend to rush into things. Mm-hmm. So um, we often talk about a VUCA world.
0: To clarify for the listeners, so VUCA world being volatile, uncertain, yes. complex, ambiguous. So the military acronym.
1: Indeed. As you say, it came from the US military and seems to be an adequate description of this. You know, the information exchange now is so immediate and everything seems to be in this um, accelerated lifestyle. Actually, quiet leaders can really help with that because, as I say, they will not necessarily slow things down but make an appropriate time for things instead of rushing in. Um, So, you know, some decisions don't need to be made yet. So let's make them at the appropriate time. Don't rush to judgment. Mm. Don't leap in with partial information. So quiet leaders will tend to... Gather the information around themselves before they make a decision.
0: So, coming coming back for a second to the, the same point, um, the, does a quiet leader simply have a um, perhaps a tendency to listen more, and therefore is offered more information, or tends to absorb more?
1: So, if you if you think about a more democratic style of leadership, a quiet leader will will listen, and therefore enables people to feed into the decision-making process feed into the information machine Um, and lots of people are enabled to speak in fact the quiet leader will encourage other quiet people to speak uh, in order to get their views so you do get a often a better cross-section of views cross-section of expert opinion uh, cross-section of data and information in order to make the decision um, rather than leaping in there and and on the first blush, you know, trying to get to mm. action point A very very quickly, um, and and when the team understands that the the quiet leader is going to sit back and listen a bit more, they are likely to offer views. They are more likely to offer their own. Um, bit into the pot, if you like, yeah, in order to yeah to take part as a as a team member.
0: So encouraging the, I think that's a really important point that perhaps the, the Achilles heel of extroverts in their extreme, and the, perhaps the the um, I don't know, the, <laughs> certainly the goal of being a uh, of being an introvert that, that ability to encourage contributions from other people in the room. I think that's in the VUCA world, we're in, I I suspect I think that that's a crucial way of behaving as a leader that many may have not understood the need to get from people around. It's, kind of saying what, it's the what do you think, isn't it? Mm. It's the genuine, I, I don't have all the answers. I'm kind of still reflecting as a quiet leader. What do you really think is crucial to making better decisions in a complicated world, surely?
1: And again, if you have other quiet people around the table, they may not be ready to even make their contribution in the meeting. They may even want to make their contribu- contribution either as a one-to-one later or asynchronously through, you know, I'll, I'll drop you an email when mm. I've had a bit of a think about this. And I recognise this behaviour in myself. Um, when people are trying to uh, form an action plan, get something done really quickly, actually what I want to do is take it away and think about it quietly. Mm. Stop the noise outside my head and let me go inside my own head And form these thoughts properly because all the time you're talking at me, I'm not being in my head.
0: Kind of testing it, rather from a, not from a position of, uh, in a sense, disagreeing with you, but more thinking of how conventionally people almost categorize introverts. So, doesn't that make extroverts think you're just as an introvert painfully indecisive? Again, in extreme, an extreme extrovert. we sit sitting thinking you know, no use to me because you're not adding any value at the point of time I need it. How do you counter that as a as a quiet leader?
1: I would counter that by saying, um, as a leader, I go back to my point about knowing your team. You ought to yeah, know true. those things and share that within your team. Um, so if we look at somebody, if we look at two people who have very different Myers-Briggs types. So Myers-Briggs is measured on four different dimensions. And they're dimensions of preference, so it's not like a trait where you're one thing or the other, but you'll you'll have a preference somewhere on that dimension. So for example, E and I is extrovert and introvert, so you're not, you are an introvert, you are an extrovert, but you have a position on this dimension. And um, you that's where your natural preference lies. But you can, as I said earlier, have learned behaviour that you can learn to behave in the other, at the other end of the dimension. And there are three other dimensions to, to uh, MBTI as well. We don't need to worry about them too much. But they have profiles like um, ESTJ or INFP. So four, uh, four categories... And if they're completely opposite, that would indicate that you have very different preferences from each other. So you learn to celebrate those preferences, not to have them as inhibitions to the way you work. If you understand in your team who belongs to these dimensions or who belongs to quiet and not quiet, complement each other, work together not in opposition to each other. So yeah, if you don't know about a person, that might be frustration, frustrating. But if you're in a team, part of being a team is developing that level of understanding of each other and working with those differences to get the best best of all worlds.
0: Definitely. It's a, it sounds like a, um, a, a subtle, another subtle definition of diversity almost. I um, appreciate sure we talk talked about inclusion for a while, for like including those those different skills. But fundamentally, there's a diversity of thinking in there that I don't think many people listening would be uh, expert in. They might be conscious of there being a difference, but they perhaps wouldn't know how to use uh, those different characteristics in a perhaps a, a team or a group situation. So there's a, stealing your phrase, a, a hidden diversity. Mm-hmm. But tell me a bit more about that.
1: Well, if you... Um... For example, in teaching, um, when we're teaching an, an MBA group or an exec group or whatever, you very often ask them to go off and do a group exercise. A quiet leader or an, or an introvert probably will find that group exercise quite a challenge. It's not their natural way of working. Um, so how about mixing up the different ways that, that you do things to allow some of the quiet people to come through with their best game face on, with their best contributions. So everything doesn't need to be done in one particular way. Vary the way that you you gather data, the way that you have conversations with people. You've
0: covered a couple of things, both of which are, I think are equally interesting as a leader, as a leader of people. You're actually looking at, one, maximizing the skills and the approaches and the, and the different ways people think as uh, what you just described, but also this management of team energy. That's about um, leaders, but just a final area to perhaps explore. So I want to have a look specifically at um, at boards, if you may, kind of the the crazy world of boards. They would appear on the face of it to have two two roles. Uh, one related to the diversity point you just made, so maximising their own hidden diversities, making the most of that uh, when they're interacting as a board, and then also to create the conditions for leaders around them, I suppose, people perhaps their direct reports or further down their organisation, to um, to thrive.
1: I usually, if I'm in a group of people that I haven't been with before, I usually tell them up front, um, you know, I'm an introvert or I'm a, a quiet leader. I keep alighting the two. And I've said that quiet means an awful lot more than just being an introvert. Mm. Um
0: it's interesting, would, psychologically, would, to, to label something in that. In yeah, the, I say straight away. away.
1: Even to the point where I'm teaching on diversity and inclusion, I talk about um, introversion and extroversion because we have um, the protected characteristics in the Equalities Act 2010 in the UK. Yeah. We have neurodiversities, which are very well acknowledged. But what about these hidden diversities? And I would be encouraged people to self-identify so one of the exercises we did in that workshop was a tool to help people self-identify as either a quiet a quiet person a not quiet person an introvert an extrovert an ambivert whatever they wanted however they wanted to identify Mm. themselves and to work with the strengths of that identification so you, you know I'm wanting to go off at tangents here and talk about identity theory and all of that kind of stuff but the more you know yourself and can explain that to someone else in a group or one-to-one or whatever, you shortcut that mm, getting-to-know-you period and you get into productive. So you go into the Tuckman, you know, forming, storming, norming, performing. Yep. A lot quicker if you have that level of do. self-knowledge.
0: Attempting to summarise, I think uh, one of the things I wanted to come out of um, uh, this uh, this podcast was that that uh, being quiet leaders is okay. I think that's... Uh, that it's, it's an attribute, not not a drawback and a negative. So I'm, I'm delighted we've had the opportunity to do this. So in terms of summarising, I think people from this podcast should be just aware that um, of this hidden diversity, actually. Just be more conscious of this being another way of thinking about diversity. But actually, one we talked about today could be one of the most powerful ways of unlocking the, uh, perhaps the um, teams, really, and their yeah. ability to create creative solutions and, and work together brilliantly. So that's one... Quiet leaders themselves seem to need to um, make the breaks, as you said, make time for themselves to recharge the batteries. Um, And and also, you talked about perhaps using their skills and be conscious of the fact you're just not um, you're just not an introvert. You're not a quiet leader. You're a quietly, which means that you have responsibility too, which means you have the skills and the attributes too. And if you're, I think, interestingly, a leader of um, of quiet leaders, if you like, a boss of quiet leaders know your people was, was something we talked about a lot. And isn't that obvious? But maybe not. Um, understand their work strengths and their work preferences. And I, th- I love the, some of the words you used where you said, you started off by saying perhaps accommodate them, but then you um, talked about inhibitors not being inhibitors. But actually, we started to talk more about celebrating mm-hmm. those differences. So I think from a, I think we're on a mission here, aren't we, to, mm. <laughs> to celebrate that. Yeah, Fantastic. Anything else from, from you as a final point?
1: Well, just to say that I think this is a thing, and I think it's a thing that we need to understand better. It should be part of all leadership training um, and education. um, But as a hidden diversity, I think quiet leadership and non-quiet leadership, I'll let you know if we ever do come up with an adequate term for this. But it is a, a thing and a thing we need to know more about.
0: Perfect. Okay, so wonderful to talk to you, Claire. Thanks for your insight. I'm Mark Swain. And this has been the Unexpected World of Business. Thanks for listening and speak soon.